0: Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Narrowgate Podcast. My name is Benjamin Hoover, licensed marriage and family therapist out of Roseville, California. Well, today, I always say today, but, you know, depends on when you listen to this, but at least where I'm sitting right now in this moment, presently, I am going to delve into this topic, this 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 idea, this process of forgiveness. Uh, I had written about it before, but I, in some ways, it kind of seemed like it fell short and it was a little too dense, I think, and and a little too psychoanalytic. So I am uh, going to venture into this again, and hopefully. Um, unravel this a little bit more, to maybe shed some light on your own internal process of forgiveness or or struggle or uh, which is uh, what I'm titling this piece, which is um, explaining why forgiveness is so damn hard because it really is. And it seems to be this constant experience in life. And so um, and so I really do think it's a it's a it's a very, committed intentional process of moving through pain and coming out the other end uh in in actually uh more in more of a healed transformed way i don't think it's just this kind of letting go uh experience just feeling relief so i, I think it actually uh I, th- I think it has more of a profound impact than we realize And so I really want to emphasize and highlight the, 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 the brutality of forgiveness and, and yet the, uh, the eternal, if I, if you will, this, this mystical, eternal, even tangible experiences of, of moving even beyond what we imagine as we go into forgiveness. So I don't mean for that to sound so, um, uh, esoteric there, but but uh, hopefully my explanation of it will give some clarity to you. But 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 the reason why this came back onto my heart is uh, kind of like the like the written piece I had, um, I think a month or so ago. I I, I struggle with the way people communicate about forgiveness, particularly in the church. In fact, that's usually the, the arena I hear it in. And the way that it's emphasized or the way that it's conveyed, uh, I, I find it to be very misconstrued and uh, also done in a way that has this thread in it of, of guilt um, of trying to convince the person to let go, so we come up with I think these clever ways of of trying to convince ourselves or others to forgive, and we maybe phrase it in the way of of if you don't forgive, there's kind of these decaying effects that that happen to us in our in our living, or how forgiving is 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 not for the other but for us, but despite all these contributions, I really, uh, I, I really still struggle with this because I think it misses uh, really going into the vulnerable process uh, of this journey and, and, and normalizing it, like normalizing the ugliness of it, the messiness of it. Um, I, I, think, I think when that gets overlooked then our tendency when we hear these messages of, 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 having to forgive is it's this forced process. And then we feel guilt because we don't, and we judge the feelings we have and, and hold inside towards someone and that, and yet, and feel miserable at the same time, because we don't want to feel that way, but we're there. There's just so much walled up that we don't even know what to do. I think we're lost in this. And, and so I really want to shed light on this to, to um, demystify forgiveness and then maybe help you feel a little bit um, unlost, if that's a word. I don't know the opposite of that, but um, to, to not feel so lost and directionless in this. So, um, so I really want to kind of touch on the actual process and, and, and why it's so challenging so i mean we're going through very intense emotional pain that acknowledges damage um maybe even um the 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 relationship being permanently impacted or or even uh the relationship ending i mean that's that's terrifying stuff if we were created to to live connected with one another then that disconnection is is horrific it's 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 this brutal punch to the soul to our whole body we feel it um so i think out of curiosity uh well definitely out of curiosity i you know started kind of tugging on that little thread of of questions those why questions and of course when you start pulling that thread there's more of it and things start unraveling and it leads to deeper discoveries but i was asking questions like why is forgiveness even a topic and why do we even bring it up why is this a human issue that that deserves any kind of focus? Why is it a part of life? You know, is is it just about getting the pain to go away, or is it more than this? Is it is it another way of showing, saying mercy? I don't know. Is it is it just kind of ignoring or overlooking the offense? I mean, or, and what does it look like to forgive? So, my um my thesis, my. Uh, um, I guess thesis would be that, that I think forgiveness is actually a life-altering, transcendent, vulnerable journey of bringing us into true living, true connection and authenticity. We're actually not overlooking anything. It, it's, it's, it's actually the opposite. We're traveling into the wound. We're moving into the hurt. We're looking at it. We're facing it head-on. We're seeing it for what it is. And giving it a voice until it changes something in us. And I mean it as a drastic change. And so forgiveness is traveling far beyond the idea that we feel relief from, from feeling anger or guilt. It's, it's this experiential moment uh, of, of, or I'm sorry, movement uh, towards something greater. Shifting our perception of, of others, of life, of God, of ourselves... And, uh, and the process is not about getting rid, just discarding the feelings and, and feeling it, you know, um, just this reprieve from everything. Uh, it, it's about connecting to life in a very profound way. And the hurt, I think, becomes a part of us and, and our story for the better. And, so, um, and, and then also in kind of in an odd, upside down way, forgiveness, is partly about mirroring the pain we feel um, for the other person. And what I mean by that is, is the pain that's been inflicted on us is the very pain that that person carries inside. It's their own internal pain. And so moving through the pain of that, expressing that to the person, if it's safe, um, confronting that person, we're, we're holding up a mirror to them that in your pain, this is what you did this, this, this is a, this is a, a, a laceration into my own heart. Your, your struggle, your torment within your own pain to get rid of that, um, you put on me. And so, um, and, and I'm not okay with that. So I think that's also a, a huge part of forgiveness. And, uh, and, and yet regardless of you know let's just say the person indirectly harmed right just didn't even know you know what didn't intentionally do it um it's still also about us entering into the pain to become aware of our own self and our heart so it's it's a it's a radical journey and and um and radical means to get to the root so it's a, this is a journey about going going to the foundation going to the heart the core the root to discover something powerful and unseen so why why does forgiveness even exist? It, it's it, it's really because pain and life are inseparable. Pain and living and vulnerable living and connection and humanity there it's 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 inseparable. It cannot be compartmentalized. It cannot be cauterized. It cannot be it it, 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 it cannot be removed. It's it's a it is actually an essential part And because we're relationally wired, our hearts are naturally open to receive love, compassion, care, being seen and known. I mean, it's our 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 deepest desire to be connected to others, and it's beyond just mere survival. It's foundational to living vibrantly, and living transcendently. So, if you think about, like, liken it to say a flower or a vegetable plant or a fruit plant. what do they need to survive? They're, they're these vulnerable um, living creatures that, uh, that need nourishment and rely on, on something else, something more transcendent than themselves, which is, which is us or nature, um, to nourish. The soil that's been given, the rain that pours down on them, the sun. And so that's no different than us, that, that we need others uh, for that nourishment to to grow to grow into ourselves um, to develop a sense of self to become aware of our need for relationship our understanding of life I mean so much it's, it's unending our, our, our physical health spiritual health we it's, it's innate that that this need is there and for it to be uh, ignored or tried to push down or, Um, it, it, it doesn't work. We end up, we end up dying or we, we end up looking for connection, uh, relational connection in other arenas. So, so I, I believe that emotional hurt, it's, it's one of the most, if not the most vulnerable felt experience in our humanity. It's indicative of our natural vulnerable nature. Again, we live open. We, we, we live in this place of reception and so um, that means that we're susceptible to harm, to, to uh, this relational disorder that happens. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into that. Um, it doesn't mean, though, that we like intentionally throw ourselves in the lion's den and passively welcome others to demean and trample us. No, vulnerable living means we also confront. Um, we, we address what what is what is off what is derailed in humanity what is what is inauthentic what is um, uh, what is damaging and and that's a part of truly expressing a divine love um, that we we that we point out what is inhuman and inhumane and uh, and that means then we position ourselves at the risk of infliction of another's pain Um, but really hurt is never fully anticipated we can't I mean, you can, you know, you can maybe, uh, you know, with, a, with <laughs> kind of anxiously, apprehensively, you know, maybe suspect or anticipate that there could be some kind of hurt caused if we're, if we open ourselves up to another, if we confront, if we engage in a relationship, sure. Um, I think that's natural, but when it happens, how it happens, oh, it's, I mean, it's a curveball to the soul. So, and and the mind when we feel that pain, it can't catch up to understand the agonizing blow of relational pain. It's a blistering shock um, that 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 we ourselves cannot even articulate. Um, it just hits so instinctually, so viscerally to our to our bodies, to our souls, and that and such pain is often felt when we're young. Um, you know, when we're in these. Uh, When we're truly in these vulnerable states of feeling of powerlessness, of defenselessness, just fully in reliance and open to the care of our parents or caregivers, um, that we're that we rely on them to show compassion and care and understanding. And, you know, and if we do receive that, this response helps us to heal and it generates a greater closeness to them. Um, And our parents are, are they're foundational for awareness of our internal world, they 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 put language to what's going on in us. If you think about it, we if you think like the whole reason why you can look inside yourself or see things in yourself has been because other people have helped you see that or put words to it. So um, so how they respond to us gets taken in and gets digested. So you know if we're abused and neglected and stuff and judged and hated, we're going to do that stuff to ourselves. Versus the opposite, which is if we're shown compassion and care and empathy and, and, uh, and understanding to what we're feeling, that we're allowed to express our emotions, well, well, we're not going to have too many problems in that area. But hurt is an unavoidable and inseparable element to existence. And, and, you know, I've, I've dreamed of this. I've dreamed, I still do this, you know, I, I think I might always do this, but I've, will dream of the day sometimes when i'll just walk confidently um you know just unscathed by by people and their actions that nothing nothing tips me off nothing throws me off the rails um but you know it's just dreaming because the reality is to live vulnerably i it it still puts me in this place in this sensitive tender exposed place to be hurt um it's a pain relational pain is a, is a constant tenant in this life. And it's, it's inextricable to, to that kind of living. And I wonder, if too, if this is what Jesus implies when he talks about forgiving someone seven times, um, or, or, I'm sorry, b- by multiplying uh, this, this man who asks, you know, how often should I forgive? Seven times? And Jesus says, uh, well, let's multiply that by 77. Like, this is, this is a messy life you know it's a rocky process to forgive it's a struggle there will be hurt coming out from everywhere at times and so you know to be hurt also means that we take a stance of living defensive defenselessly um that we operate unguarded instead of uh, this hyper-vigilant state of self-protection which means when we're in that place we're you know we're we're peeking around every corner and with this potential presence of pain and I mean that's why people struggle with um like agoraphobia this extreme fear of going out into the world um they stay locked up in their house and and create these rules these very rigid ways of living because there's so much pain there there's been so much hurt so when that's undealt with we just I mean we'll just build walls and walls and walls and walls and walls so um so you know, and and so here's the paradox: in order for us to actually become stronger, to live boldly, to move confidently, um, we go through the wounding. You know, vulnerability um, is is yes, I guess you could phrase it as weakness, but it's also a strength. It's a wonderful strength. It's a terrifying strength. But but yes, it requires that we go into the hurt, and it's a it's a very rocky, difficult path. So first off i want to i want to also um define or that hurt relational hurt that's a response a, a visceral response from the body that says that something is off in in the relationship that something's missing whether it's rejection abandonment ignoring or neglecting needs or something added that that causes this hurt like physical verbal sexual abuse um you know, and it and and what those do is it pushes us. We we retreat into the shadows instead of drawing closer to one another. And so instinctually, when we experience this kind of wounding or hurt within relationship, we're going to pull away. The heart closes up. What was once open, we start closing up. And I don't know if that happens maybe automatically, but um, but you know, I think as kids naturally we experience. It's it's. it's innate in us to feel shame to feel the, the the ramifications of of um of our behaviors or our parents expression or reaction towards that so um so naturally we close up protecting our hearts from any further damage so sometimes we we if there's others in our life either growing up or even now that that are aware of this closing up um and they they're moved by compassion um you know, maybe even uh, they're moved by compassion, maybe they're able to even see how their reaction caused that kind of impact, or brought up that impact, maybe that's a better way to say it, then then maybe they'll, the tendency is they'll respond to the pain within us. They'll, allowing the voice of hurt to come forth, you know, um, you know, just like, for instance, an example would be not a actual example or one that I experienced, but you know, actually, no, it was like, I was with a client, you know, and, um, we had a moment where she started to break down, cry, and I got upset or not upset, but I got intense for other reasons. And, and, you know, and then the, um, you know, we, we, we ended up talking about it and, and it was a little bit of kind of a rockiness to get to the, the core of it. Um, you know, but, um, but as we stayed through it and this person ended up, becoming a little more vulnerable of of what, um, of what they needed. Uh, there was the softening in me and, and I I saw my actions and I realized, Oh yeah, I I totally see that. I get that. And, and, uh, and, and it softened this person and it brought us closer and, and it was so amazing. Then just this person went on to the next topic, just moved on, that there was this beautiful security that happened. And so, um, but it took this rocky kind of drawing out process and going through some of the defenses. And, you know, it's, it's if a parent sees their child shut down and they're, they're going to speak to the, the pain the child feels and allow them to express the hurt in order to heal. Because if that doesn't happen, they, they retreat further. Um, but when this hurt you know goes unnoticed and it's unprocessed, we begin to develop layers of, of protectives to feel a sense of safety. We we're meant to feel safe. In relationship and so if that actually is not present experience in relationships then we're going to naturally uh i think it's god's wired it into us to produce some kind of felt sense of safety so we move then from from vulnerability or defensive defenselessness i'm having trouble saying that word to to more of a defended living we become guarded um, there's these uh, heightened sensitivities to pain. And then when the hurt is continually avoided, uh, and we, we, we carry these wounds that end up leaving us feeling more and more insecure. And, and, and with that even tethered and really impacted by the actions of others. We, um, so much so that uh, we like circumvent or find ways around anything, any kind of associated... Um, uh, component to what reminds us of the pain uh, that that triggers something, we'll will 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 we'll find ways to avoid it, um, and that's just a sign that that pain hasn't been dealt with, that hasn't been uh it hasn't been moved through it, and so and then this hypervigilance forms, you know, this kind of I, I term it as this paranoid heightened perception. That others' actions are directly or intentionally harmful to us, even if they're not. Like, for instance, for me, I uh, you know I turn bright red when I get embarrassed. And I had this incident. I don't know if I brought this up before, but I had this incident in uh, my sophomore year in high school where I was made fun of in front of the class. Well, that was such a horrific experience, and no one defended me. And um, and uh, you know, so I'm I'm just. Torn up with this, and I literally would just put my hood on and just hide and sit in the back. Like sitting in the front and feeling that kind of exposure was so painful and brutal. And uh, and so I would just kind of avoid it, or I would anticipate, and I could feel myself starting to feel red um, just at the anticipation of someone calling on me. So I would try to distract, or um, you know, I don't know. I I just I would just want to leave. But but when you're in this secure place think about it. when you feel secure you feel a sense of confidence you're at peace inside satisfied you don't really look at others motives as an intentional attack towards you but but when we're in the presence of hurt when it's manifests so strongly in our life everyone's actions are filtered through this perspective that 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 they're going to harm me you know you think about dogs for instance that that get abused have been abused and someone adopts them or whatnot, and then, you know, someone innocuously um, reaches out their hand to pet the dog, and, and the dog, you know, kind of violently unleashes uh, at the person, at, at this, what, what, the, what the animal views as this harmful gesture to protect itself from danger. So, again, that's, 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 that's like what we experience, and in uh, and and, and this part, like, one, one metaphor that I really like, and I, I want to sort of um, capture uh, this heightened focus on our pain and this protection around it, um, is, is think about it in terms of, like, um, striking our thumb with a hammer. And I don't know if you've done this. I'm not a handy person, but there's been moments where, you know, the, the head of the hammer is didn't make contact or the hammer didn't make contact with the head of the nail and it slipped and, you know, hit my thumb and man, you know, and that of course is unexpected. And so, you know, because of that, there, there's, there's no brake system. The, the hammer just goes full force into the, into the thumb. Well, I mean, imagine just how, uh, it, it, throbs and it, and it, and it, um, it consumes us. It, it our body feels the pain. Our mind is so focused on that. It, it you know our, our surrounding environment is ends up being deafened um, by the, the the scream of this pain, this this agony. Until you know, in some ways, we we find solace from it. We find relief. And so, what is our reaction? Our reaction is to focus on that pain. It's to nurse the wound. To do whatever to alleviate it. Until that that thumb has returned to a restful, painless state, we do this when we're um, seek out drug use. I mean, that's not always the reason, but but you know, in some ways it is. Like, because what we're really looking for is is relational nourishment, nurturing, care that will help us. But you know, but to to go back to this metaphor, like when that that thumb is throbbing in pain, you know, we'll find ourselves like angrily snapping at others, you know, at their their meager attempts to try to help us, and it's, I think, often that snapping is is at others because they're either panicked or um, or they're they're trying to talk us out of it or whatever. You know, respond more cerebrally. But I think when someone no sees the pain and says, "Come on," gets a bag of ice, gets you know, I don't know, maybe some healing oils or whatever, uh, and, and and cares for it and, and acknowledges the pain, like kind of feels it with them, like, oh yeah yeah, my mom does a good job of that. You know, like, oh, I know that hurts. And and what is she doing right there? She's empathizing with it. She's not trying to talk the person out of the pain. She's letting the pain be there and giving it presence. So, um, so think of this metaphor as, as we're moving, as you're moving through forgiveness. So that brings us into how do we move into the hurt? Well, one, there, there's two stipulations here that I believe um, are important. There could be more, but one is that we, one is that we stay tethered to reality and vulnerability by acknowledging the wounds. That means we don't cover them up. We don't minimize it. We don't judge it. We don't justify nothing like we, we, we give full robust definition, verbiage wording to that pain. Um, and, and, and then the other aspect is that we need others who are going to travel with us in it. We absolutely cannot do it alone. Um, the, the first part of, of acknowledging the wounds is that I think instinctually our tendency is to turn down the volume in order to survive. Especially if, if we haven't um, experienced someone being compassionate towards us and giving us permission to feel. And we're going to turn down the volume. In order to survive and maintain connection, and and so we create defenses that block us from seeing the, the magnitude of the ache. And then the other part is that you know emotional wounding is it's relational. Most of our hurt is relational, unless you know there's a car crash, but that's even kind of relational, um, or a tree falling on falling on us or whatnot. But there's this there is this emotional wounding. It is very much um, happens in, uh, in in relationships with others. And so, in order to heal, I think it's very in- integral that we experience um, someone who's safe and caring that draws us back into this vulnerable, fully connected self. So, um, when we operate out of our uh, defended states, um, our, our openness closes up, right? To, to protect, we, we guard naturally. Like think of think of when, uh, like a hermit crab. Um, you know when you're when you're going after picking up a hermit crab if you like hermit crabs I know my nephew does, um, when you when you reach for that what does the hermit crab do it goes right into its shell, and so what stops is what what kind of draws it out is you hold it in your hand and you don't poke at it you just let it start crawling and doing its thing, um, it brings it back into this openness and so uh, that's important is that we come back into this openness we get out of this closed defended. Place. Um, you know <clears throat> I'm pausing right now. So um but but I think also this gardenness perpetuates because we have yet to really experience someone compassionate, someone that's gonna help us acknowledge, someone's gonna help us give permission. Um you know, I think it's it's impossible to hear heal our wounds without others. And that includes um, connecting with God in that. And I'm going to have another episode where I'm talking about how to be close close to God. Um, so, but it's vital that, that um, someone walks with us in it. Someone encounters the pain with us, almost feels it with us. Um, the process can, I think, can so easily, if we do it alone, it can dissolve quickly to, to pulling away from the, the, the force of the wound and we retreat then by seeking out comfort and connection in other arenas sex porn drugs food shopping etc um, and and they kind of like transiently i would say capture that need for relief but but it evaporates and then we're met with a, again with the blunt blatant force of of this ache so we need another we need others to give voice to the pain and permission to feel um, the, like in, feel in its all its intensity, um, all the uncomfortable emotions that accompany that that deep gash. Um, you know, because we can create defenses, cognitive defenses. I mean, like reasoning out of why not to go into the pain or why we should not feel this way. Um, but a compassionate heart that reflects and accepts the raw and messy hurt we carry, and gives understanding to it. Um, that 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 what we've kept so tightly will start to come forth what we've distanced ourselves from will now come closer to us will come into greater contact and i believe that this is this is this is what love is that love calls forth what is hidden what's pushed away what's been trampled upon unacknowledged minimized judged shamed rejected um lectured out, whatever you want to put it that it love calls what has been pushed down to the light and gives importance to what's been devalued and feared and when we experience this kind of response from someone it, it becomes integrated into our internal world i mean think about it when 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 like i said when a child takes in their internal world is is built and shaped by what they experience from their parents what they see in terms of how they interact how they interact with others, how they interact with, with with them, and and so, um, and so when we experience someone who's compassionate and caring and patient and and draws us back into this, this this hurt, um, it becomes integrated, it becomes a part of our our internal framework, and then their care and compassion and patience and understanding becomes ours, and now it's imbued with how we. Care for ourselves and in our own hearts, and then it becomes a gift that we give to others that are buried under their own pain. We then share that; it's a, it's a naturally overflowing gift, um, and I believe that that's part of the nature of God. To be honest with you, so um, so then, how do we move into the hurt? This is where you know the courage kicks in. This is where it gets really messy. Is now we're acknowledging. Uh, we're not we're not bullshitting ourselves. Like we're now acknowledging and feeling the brutality of the relational pain. Um, we run into our defense and our ammunition to the grief to the rage. Um, but but it, there's no shortcut to this. We can't push ourselves to the end and force ourselves. There's no trick. There's no magic. It's not a cognitive or logical process. We can't just say some magical words and you know I forgive that person. I did that so many times and I'd still be pissed. I'd still hate the. I'd still hate. I was going to say something, but I'll leave it. I won't get too explicit here, but I, I mean, I I was I was I hated that, and 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 I expected that just saying those words was going to dissolve everything. But but forgiveness is really an experiential process of journeying into something more than just pain relief. Um, anyone who's who's I would say is trying to intellectually draw you out of the pain, um, is not one to help. Uh, I believe that that's because they haven't. They haven't truly ventured into forgiving them um, their own struggle with forgiveness. And so, you know, we might even ask ourselves, like, how, or, or, or people might tell us, like, why can't we just let go? Which is a judgment, by the way, um, this expectation that we're supposed to just let it go. But you know what? There's some truth in terms of letting it go, but I'm going to spin it a different way. Letting go is not just getting over it, letting go is actually giving up the defenses and going into the pain. It's about connecting. It's requiring connecting to everything we've detached from. We feel the hate, the rage, the anger. We encounter the gut wrenching blow of grief, like sadness and longing and missing. And um, you know, it. it, And so, so it's. I think it, it. It starts, or the start of it. I think you know begins when we admit to not wanting. Like I don't want to forgive. I had to admit that to myself that I did not want to forgive. I wanted to ha- that I hated that person. Not wanted to. I did. I hated that person. I wanted to destroy that person. Uh, that it hurts too much to go in there and see it. That that we're terrified. And uh, and I think normalizing this is so important to accepting the process. It really is an ebb and flow of inching towards the hurt and then pulling away. And we must be allowed to have margin large margins to struggle with this. And so those that are there to, to walk with the person um, absolutely must not attempt to convince the person on all the reasons why they should forgive, right? And because there's a tendency to kind of throw these little manipulative, guilt-laden statements of, you know, well, think of, think of if someone held this against you. Think about how grateful you are that someone doesn't hold this against you. I've heard stuff like this. But that that does not draw the person out, into the pain and out of and out of the pain. Um, it, I think, instinctually pushes them further in defense. Now they're beating themselves up. Um, there, there's a judgment imbued in that way. But instead, I think for the person walking with with the one wounded, um, I, I think acknowledging, like when a person kind of starts to pull away and retreat or goes in their mind of this is too hard or, um, that defense, then I think acknowledging how scary and uncomfortable it is, uh, for them or must be for them would be a beautiful response. It would highlight the actual reason why they're pulling away is that they get scared. It's too much. Um, and, and, and why they retreat to the defense and we let them, we allow them to go back in the defense because it, it, it got too big. It's like, um, I'm hairy, so, you know, I've learned that once I get out of the shower, I've used the blow dryer to, you know, to, to dry off my, my body. Um, I know that's a lot of information, but, you know, get used to it. So, I, um, you know, I successfully can dry myself off that way. Well, there's these times because there's a lamp also plugged into the outlet, and I use the, the bottom outlet to plug in the... Air dryer. Well, sometimes it shuts off, and then it's pitch black in the bathroom. Well, why? Because it shut off because there's too much power. It was too overwhelming. And so sometimes when we when we go into our heads, when we pull away, when we go in those defenses, it's because it's too much. And I think we need to allow that and speak to that that that, that the person's afraid. And and I think eventually that will invite them back into the openness. You allow them this this pace to to. To be okay with, with how, or, or to give them permission to take as long as they want. Then there's also this anger. That man, is it terrifying? Right? It's one of the most uncomfortable and scary experiences to 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 uh, encounter this intense rage or hate. You know, but anger, I think, has been so shamed and, dest- and a destructively conveyed emotion. But it's actually a vulnerable, life-giving, and intimacy-enhancing feeling. Anger is uh, this, this it's, it's, it's passion. It's a righteous passion. Think about like passion. It, it always orients us towards something. It devotes our energy towards something we, we give of ourselves uh, to this to what we feel passionate towards, like art or music or cooking. And so anger is really just this passionate expression of hurt, uh, from relational disorder, from distance, from fissure. And so it's vital that we enter into this feeling and the the, um, the the intense volume of it in order to heal. And the other the other aspect to this is, man, because there's pain that happens in relationship, the the one that has um, has done the wounding, uh, you know, there's another obstacle about we don't we want the person to see the pain, but then we don't want to also acknowledge to that person that that we feel hurt from their their actions, um, you know, but but. Sometimes we don't even want to acknowledge to ourselves that we've been so badly hurt by them. It's 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 brutal. Um, so you know, but to to uh, I think to acknowledge that we've been hurt means we welcome the truth that we care about this person, that they matter to us, that they have impact on us, um, that that we see that that the you know the the even seeing the damage might might like alter drastically the relationship you know but but vulnerability means that we allow people to impact us that, that people will um in terms of 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 their hurt being drawn out and what they tend to dump on us and so um so the truth is that, that we do care and we want them to see and sometimes we we operate in bitter ways to for them to see us but we want them to notice and acknowledge because it's too scary to expose it on our own volition so um so that's important too as much as we want to cauterize this our desire is really to be connected and so um so then when you arrive like how how do you know you've come out the other end i mean you know forgiveness is this undulating emotionally charged journey it's a courageous endeavor into a monstrous odyssey, that uh, that although feels destructive, paradoxically, it's it's strengthening the heart. Um, it moves us into vulnerable living and loving, and and when people have not ventured into their pain, they they, they tend to m- try to manufacture what they believe is strength. This this guarded living, they shut people out. I've done that. Uh, manipulate. They fight like like physically. Um, they're destructive. They're verbally tearing someone apart. They might use sex to control or secure a relationship. All oh, that stems from pain and the fear of it being touched. And so, um, but, but actually, you know, they really are trying to get to that strength that we're intended to carry. But it's, it comes from a reverse process of going through the pain instead of running away. We come out a different, changed human being. That can face the world and the pain that's imbued in it, and so when we come out the other end, that the act or the, the person's presence no longer hits us viscerally with anger or hate. Um, you know, the pain may still exist. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean that the pain entirely goes away. Sometimes the, the there's sadness there. You know, there's desire, there's longing. We might cry off and on throughout our life, but the guards are gone. We can feel it in its entirety, and you know we can share how, you know we, I think vulnerably. Then we can start sharing how um, we've been impacted, sharing our story to others, or even to the person whom we've been wounded by. Um, we might even feel drawn towards this person, wanting relationship and connection in some capacity, but. There's a caveat to that, that, that if the wounder stays guarded, is closed, resistant, well, guess what? That's going to that's gonna hinder and block any kind of closeness. The relationship's not going to move towards greater healing ways. Um, and I think that distance is important, especially if, if that person's still operating um, harmfully. So, But our perspective of the person has changed. They're no longer this enemy or this monster that we, that we perceive them to be. They become human to us, and their wounded hearts gain greater clarity in our eyes. Um, we may even be moved with compassion and care. We understand that our healing is not, you know, contingent upon their response. Um, it's important to realize that that their healing does not wait, it, or our healing. I mean, it's not. Um, it's not waiting for them to change or acknowledge wrongdoing. Um, even if they were to do this, yeah, it might help to some degree, but we still have to go through that, that journey of feeling it all, uh, of moving through forgiveness ourselves. So it's, it's really is separate from what the individual says or does. And so, and I think when we kind of stay stuck in that, which is a normal response, or I'm sorry, when we, we see it that way and we, you know, it really is because we're just afraid to go into that, um. You know, and so and I and I think, you know, lastly, I, I believe that endeavoring and forgiveness shift shifts something significantly within us. I think we move closer and closer to to the, the, the heart of God, to who he is, how he operates, how he moves vulnerably. And that and that uh you know, knowing I think God I mean the fact that he came down and wrapped himself in skin as Jesus, um, he knew he was gonna incur hurt. He knew. He knows his creation, and he knows how humanity operates in in painful ways, and so, um, and so we're moving in ways like he does, risking, and and I and and there's also this thing that came up that when Jesus says, "Unless you forgive your father in heaven, he will not forgive you," but that doesn't mean I don't believe that means that God actually doesn't forgive. Uh, I, I think God's forgiveness and mercy is vast and unending. Um, but I think when we stay guarded in the pain, when we close up and pull away, we, we distance ourselves from that. It blocks us from this deeper knowing and experiencing the richness of God's loving mercy. And we end up shutting ourselves off from a vibrant and transformative love. But forgiveness moves us into this knowing, into this deep guttural knowing That that becomes internalized. And then we emphatically express to others that are entrenched in their own pain. And so forgiveness is not something you get over. It's something that transforms you. It evolves you into being overflowing. This overflowing person, this heart with an otherworldly love that is so foreign to this world, but yet we all crave. And so I want to just share my story. One aspect of forgiveness is, it happened when I was uh, in my 20s, early 20s, like all this anger started bubbling up towards my dad. And I didn't, I did not understand it. I, I truly didn't. I was lost as to why it was there. I mean, my dad didn't directly harm me. I mean, he wasn't abusive. Um, I, it just made no sense what this pain was associated with or to. And, um, but I would just, just being around him, the things he would say at times, like maybe to others it'd be innocuous, but to me, oh, it would drive me crazy. And so, uh, and, 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 you know, I would, I would wrestle with it. I would, I would try to forgive. I would say the words. I would, I would beg and plead. I would ask God help me. And I just, and it just wouldn't go. And I'd feel guilty for how I would treat my dad at times. Um, I would end up, um, admittedly, sometimes, like, punching my dad really hard in the arm, um, you know, yelling at him, saying some, sometimes demeaning things, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was an ugly sight, and so, uh, so with my therapist, well, he was my supervisor, then became my therapist, uh, when I was interning, um, to become a licensed therapist, uh, he, we were talking about my dad, and I was saying, "Yeah, I, I hate, you know, I hate when you know he reads newspapers and gives me articles or all this stuff. He does this, and and he said, Ben, I don't think you, I don't think you necessarily hate those things." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "I think you hate your dad." And I remember just seizing up and, you know, and getting so uncomfortable with that. And I, no, well, I'm not supposed to. And you know, defended that, and you know, and he explained to me. He goes, Ben, it doesn't mean that there isn't love there, but it's contaminated. Like, there's hate, and I said, I just don't understand why. And he said, because your dad has turned away, um, which was true. And I won't go into that now, but um, but he did. He he just kind of gave up and stopped trying, and and that was really painful, and that really made a lot of sense. That that was my pain is that my dad had turned away from us. And, uh, and his attempts to try to connect just, um, just for me, it just, it was, it wasn't what I was really wanting. And, uh, and so, but when he gave permission to that and didn't judge that, I, it was able to start to feel it. I could move through the pain. I could move through the, 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 the rage, the anger, and I became more connected to it and could feel it. And it started to change something. Um, I allowed myself to to feel that, and then things started to shift towards my dad and not in the sense I don't feel angry, but when i do i'll I'll express it to him i'll I'll confront what is, what I don't feel is okay what's getting in the way of our relationship and um and then but I've been able to be more vulnerable with my dad more open with him uh, and 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 share what I desire and also share my pain of what what's been missing for us and And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and be, and be genuine about that, be honest about that to him. And so, um, and so it's been a powerful journey, but I needed someone like, like Gary, my therapist to, to really point this out and, and to give permission to feeling that and to give understanding. And because of that, that I was able to move through it. And, you know, there's still things that I'm still addressing, but it was powerful. And so I hope that, that this gives you permission to feel, gives you permission and understanding of, of why you're going through what you're going through. And may you commit and move through forgiveness to, in, the, in the journey of forgiveness that, that you then end up experiencing this greater love to give to others. Take care.